Beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. 
Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor merciful sinner, confess unto thee all my sins and iniquities, with which I have offended thee and justly deserve thy temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray thee of thy boundless mercy, and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of thy beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you who heartily repent of your sins, believe on Jesus Christ, and sincerely and earnestly purpose, by the assistance of God the Holy Ghost, henceforth to amend your sinful lives. And in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. The Introit. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Then shall ye call upon me and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you, and I will turn your captivity and gather you from all nations and from all places. Lord, thou hast been faithful unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. For me to follow them to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever Oh, my God. 
Let us pray. Absolve, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy people from their offenses, that from the bonds of our sins, which by reason of our frailty we have brought upon us, we may be delivered by thy bountiful goodness through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. The Old Testament reading for the last Sunday in the church year is from the 65th chapter of the book of Isaiah, beginning at the 17th verse. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing, and her people a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. The voice of weeping shall no longer be heard in her, nor the voice of crying. This is the word of the Lord. The epistle reading is from the fifth chapter of First Thessalonians. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say, peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. They shall not escape. (coughs) But you, brethren are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. You are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are in the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. This is the word of the Lord. According to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who, looked, who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil and their vessels with their lamps. 
But while the bridegroom was delayed, they also they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
The sermon text is from Matthew chapter 25. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is our text. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Today's epistle from 1 Thessalonians begins, Concerning times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. When it says that the last day comes like a thief in the night, we understand that a thief does not announce the day or the time of his upcoming crime. And similarly, Christians don't know the date or the time of our Lord's return on the last day. But, We know the Lord is not slack in keeping his promises. He will surely come. We just don't know exactly when. Now, just in case you think that you might cleverly try to figure out when that last day is, you need to know that our Heavenly Father has kept that particular information to himself. Even the human nature of Jesus didn't know the day or the hour. No one knows. Therefore, we must live with the fact that, well, we will not know until that day arrives. And when that day comes, we know that it will be too late to do anything. So today's Holy Gospel introduces us not just to the suddenness of the return, like last week with the lightning flashing from the east to the west, but also deals with the finality of the last day. All of the wedding party was waiting for the bridegroom. When he comes, they must trim their lamps and go out to meet him. And according to the parable, five of the virgins are not prepared to meet the bridegroom. When they attempt to secure oil, of which they are lacking, they find it is too late. And so the Holy Gospel says, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding feast and the door was shut. Finality. Though they banged on the door, prayed to get in, the time of grace had ended. Similarly, in today's epistle, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape. So today's scripture presents us with an urgency of being prepared before that day comes, before it is here. Furthermore, we must know there is no second chance if you should find that you are not prepared. The deadline is hard and fast. Jesus warns in advance of preparedness when he says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So how do you prepare? How do you prepare for our Lord's second coming? If there is a hurricane coming, there are certain tasks which you perform and supplies which you acquire. You board up the windows, you nail everything down that is loose. You acquire a supply of food or water to last several days. And then with your tasks completed and goods acquired, you wait. So when we compare this one-time kind of hurricane preparation to the preparation for our Lord's return, we'll find that, well, they aren't really comparable. Let's see. I was baptized. Check. I was confirmed. Check. I'm a member of the church. Check. All right, I did everything I'm supposed to do. Just wait. But you can see right now, yeah. Unlike hurricane preparation, spiritual preparation is not a supply checklist of one-time past actions. Holy baptism is not a completed work which you do. Holy baptism is a work of God. It's performed once, but then we are to trust in it each and every day of our life. The instruction which you are given, you know, normally as a child, uh, to, to teach you the faith. Yes, it culminates in your confirmation. 
But that's about the gifts which God gave you in your baptism. Once again, we're to rely upon those gifts daily. Finally, church membership. It's not an association in which you want to simply keep your membership active by paying your dues or occasional attendance or maybe church offerings. No, it's not about having an active membership card as if that would admit to the marriage feast. All right, so what about, what about a, a test? What about an English test coming up? So you get prepared by kind of going over the material. You consider yourself prepared for the test if you have the right answers. You know the right answers to the test questions. But this kind of preparation is, well, not similar either. Admission to the spiritual wedding feast is not achieved through a certain level of of confidence. It's not that those who got a greater A or B in confirmation or some are considered prepared. I mean, we would want to become more familiar with the facts of the Holy Scriptures, but, but being prepared is not about having the right answers. In the book of James, there are some who acknowledge the existence of the one true God. James tells them that that knowledge, just having that knowledge, will not save them. And then he mockingly declares, even the demons believe that there's one God, and they're not saved. So you see, the diploma of your past competence in religious subjects will not save. The present execution of a biblical test answers will not save on the last day either. Go back to the text. What do we see? The five foolish virgins had maintained their church membership as they hung around with the wise virgins, but that didn't help them. They knew the correct answers. That is, that everyone needed oil to travel with the bridegroom to enter into the wedding feast. They had purchased a lamp. And it would seem that maybe they had a supply of oil at one time. Nevertheless, at the end, with their lamps going out, Due to the suddenness of Christ's second coming, they were unprepared. Due to the finality of the last day, they were not able to rectify their mistake. Though the five foolish virgins thought they were prepared as they waited with the five wise virgins, they were not. So how do you prepare for the return of Christ? When Jesus says, watch therefore, he's using a present tense verb. He's teaching us that we need to presently be engaged in this task of watching. It's not a past action, it's a present one. The one who is stationed at the wall and is told to watch for the approaching enemy doesn't just look once and say, okay, it's it's completed. He has to continue presently to watch. Yesterday's watching does not prepare for today's attacks. You must continue to watch today. Similarly, there are no completed spiritual supplies of faith which you can store up, like water for a hurricane or a bank account or whatever it might be. No, the oil in the parable of the ten virgins is faith, present faith in Jesus Christ. Without faith in Jesus Christ, there is no admittance into the heavenly glories. Faith is a gift of God. It comes through the preaching of the word and the administration of the sacraments. And the foolish virgins do not have faith. They've been hanging around with other church members. The others can't tell that they really don't uh, believe. Because, you see, they're holding their lamp. Everyone's holding a lamp. These foolish virgins have the outward words of prayer, but they don't have faith. Another word for faith or belief is trust. Trust is not a work that is accomplished or awarded like a certificate. Trust is not a good or a supply that can be stored and used later. Trust is always present. If you formally trusted in Jesus then you're not presently a believer. If you know that Jesus is your only Savior, but you don't presently trust him for salvation, then you are not prepared for Christ's return. The oil 
is present faith and trust, belief. It's all the same thing. What a shame it would be to know the truth, but not trust in it. There are many who don't know the truth. Yes, there are many false religions who teach salvation through the fables of false prophets. There are those who will tell you you need to be a member of a, a, of a Mormon church. Or, or There are cults, there are denominations that teach people to trust in their good works or in their love. Or they say things like, just do the best you can and try to be a better person. Those are all false. You, however, have been sitting in a pew. You have been hearing the proper distinction between law and gospel. You know that salvation does not come by those ways, but it comes through faith in Jesus Christ alone, who suffered and died for your salvation. You know that those who repent of their sins and believe in Jesus Christ will be saved. It would be a shame if you had the outward lamp, but really no faith. In Christ. So Jesus says to us, watch. You're not prepared for the feast if you watched for him yesterday. You're not prepared for Christ's return if you formerly believed. But you now live in your sin or somehow trust in your churchly actions. The lamp of sitting in the pew does not admit to the heavenly banquet. Only a present faith in Christ saves What a shame it would be. What a shame. If you knew that the believer that repents of his sins is saved, but then you did not repent of your sins. Suppose you knew the absolution, the announcement from the pastor is just as valid and certain even in heaven as if Christ our dear Lord spoke it himself, but then didn't trust in the words of forgiveness. No, that wouldn't save. The man drowning in a lake but holding to a life preserver is saved. But if someone tells him to let go of the ring, he is not saved. If he trusts in his own swimming ability, apart from that means, he will drown. The epistle says, For when they say peace and safety, and and then sudden destruction comes upon them, they will not be saved. St. Paul wishes to warn us. Yes, he knew there's a danger. What is the danger? That the believer will fall asleep at the wheel. The believer will quit watching. He will think, oh, peace and safety, and then his faith falls away. St. Paul says that there needs to be a faith-filled Christian unto death. And the Lord says to him, the one who is faithful unto death, I will give the crown of life. Christians, be vigilant. St. Paul exhorts us, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. Those who are drunk, are drunk at night. But let us be of the day, be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love as a helmet, the hope of salvation. You have been made a son of God through your baptism to Christ. Don't forget that you were washed and made holy. Daily trust in Christ by living as a baptized child of God. You are a son of light. Do not engage in the sinful works of darkness. When you have allowed yourself to sin, confess it. Yep, confess it. Return to Christ. Forgiveness. Trust in God's promise. He made to you in your baptism to forgive you your sins. You've been taught about Lord's Supper, that it gives you the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. Don't just walk through the actions. Trust in Christ's words. Ask the Lord to strengthen you in faith towards him and love towards your neighbor. Don't just hold on to the lamp of prayer, but believe that God answers your prayers. Don't just know the right answers, that he's the one true Savior from sin, but take comfort in that one true Savior by trusting in him, hearing his words daily. Martin Luther, in the 95 Theses, the very first one, he wrote this. When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, repent, he willed that the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Repentance. 
Okay. So today, in Matthew 25, when our Lord says, Watch therefore, our Lord and Savior wills that the entire life of believers to be one of watching. When the scriptures say, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, our Lord and Savior will that the entire life of the believer is to be one of faith-filled believing, so that when our Lord returns, you will be prepared. Right now, we live. We live in the time of grace. Our Lord is giving out the oil of faith in the preaching of the word and in the administration of the sacraments of baptism and Lord's Supper. Yes, believe, watch. For through a living faith in Christ, we are prepared for our Lord's return. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep our hearts and minds in faith in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Create in me, page 143, in the blue hymnal, we stand. Let us pray. Almighty God, everlasting Father, we give you thanks for the innumerable and inestimable spiritual blessings which have been bestowed upon us through your Son during this past church year. Let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, oh Lord, admonish all false virgins in our congregation that the mere outward participation, the appearance, of being a Christian is not enough, but only a living faith in Christ will admit to the wedding banquet. Strengthen the church by the preaching and teaching of the word, so that she may always cling to Christ in true faith and abound in holy love until the bridegroom's return. Give all pastors in Christ, including our Bishop James, our pastors Gary and Michael, a sense of urgency that they are diligent in the duties of the office of the holy ministry to preach the gospel to forgive and retain sins, to administer and distribute the sacraments, so that their people's lamps may always glow. We're being before you our acting director, Donna, that she would be upheld and strengthened in her work on behalf of our learning center during this last week of operation. Let us pray to the Lord. O oh God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, kindle in the heart of our President Joe, our Governor J.B., federal and state legislators, county commissioners, our mayor, Steve, city officials, and all our judges. Give them a love of that which is true and noble, that justice may be done, peace promoted, wealth protected, and mercy shown. Give protection to all those who risk their lives for the common good, especially the men and women serving in our armed forces. Bless their efforts to defend our freedoms, especially uh, Danny, Jason, Blake, and our police officers, especially Daniel and Alex. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord 
Be with our shut-ins, Carolyn, Patty, and Tom, as well as our elderly, Violet. Provide for the needs of Kevin, Levi, Larry and Deb, Christina, Jim and Charlotte, Denise, Melanie, and Anita. Be with those who are pregnant and with their unborn children, with Susan and Christina. Bless our students, Tom and Kara, Jonathan, Sarah, Sadie, and with Alexis. We ask also that you would be with uh, Jackie, the wife of uh, Jake Corman, uh, as she's got an upcoming uh, test. Uh, we ask uh, that you would supply wisdom to, uh, to the doctors. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the suffering and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Wash my hands in innocency and go about your altar, O Lord. good right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you Holy Lord Almighty Father everlasting God through Jesus Christ our Lord who on this day overcame death and the grave and by his glorious resurrection open to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Heaven and earth are 
heaven and earth, we praise and thank you for having had mercy upon those whom you created, sending your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood. As he bids us do in his own testament, hear us as we pray in his name and as he has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Let us pray. We give thanks unto you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Bless we the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.